Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Hey, everybody. Today, I am so grateful to have Martha Reddick here. She is the founder of Chronicles of Nania, which is an amazing podcast. If you haven't heard it, you should go over and check it out. But today, she's going to chat with us about how to find a nanny and what it's like to work with a nanny and all the good things about that. So Martha, will you tell us who you are, what you do, and how did you get to this place in your career? Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. So when I was, you know, graduating from undergrad and college, I was like, what do I want to do with my life? Because so many of us are. And I landed on high school education. So English, I wanted to teach high school English. So I did that program and I was in the classroom and I really loved interacting with the students and teaching them English. But I often found that I wanted to work with students on a deeper level. I found myself thinking, you don't need to learn about Frankenstein, you you need food mm-hmm. and things like that. And so I got very distracted and by the needs of the students and then also saddened that a lot of times I was being forced to choose the things that did my students a disservice instead of choosing the things that would serve them in the name of test scores and things like that. And so I decided to leave the classroom because I could tell that I was going to burn out very quickly. And I moved to Chicago from Tennessee and I kind of fell into nannying. I was kind of looking for any job and a mom, a family friend was like, I need someone to babysit. And then I kind of worked my way up to nannying. And weirdly, except for one family, every family I've ever nannied in Chicago has can be traced back to that first family. They really treated me well. So I became a full-time professional nanny from starting with a more patchwork nanny career of like a family on Tuesdays and a family on Thursdays and things like that. So now I'm I'm full-time with two families and a nanny share. And I'm also back in school to become a family counselor. So I can work more deeply with with kids on um, things that are bothering them and and help them in a deeper way. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. And actually, I mean, I think that fits perfectly, right? I mean, your career aspirations at this point and your educational aspirations. And then how about the Chronicles of Nania? Like how'd that come to be? Oh, yeah. So I would post pictures with parents' permission. Nannies, if you're listening, always ask parents before you post pictures of their children. Yes, but good I tip. Would post- <laughs> Yes. I just, I think sometimes nannies don't think about that and it's really, really important to protect privacy. And so I I would post pictures of activities we were doing and, and things like that. And a lot of my friends who are in education or my friends who were mothers were saying like, I would love, you know, you should start a blog and things like that. Like I would love to have all of this in one place. And I just knew a blog wasn't going to work for me. And I listened to so many podcasts. And so Mm -hmm. I decided a podcast was a 
better way for me to communicate with the world. So I kind of started it as like a an activity was my original idea, just like talking about different activities that I was doing. And then it morphed into having guests on that were experts in different areas so that I could learn. And I feel like if I'm learning and communicating that out, then we are, we're all learning. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I'm with you on the whole like blog versus like talking thing. It's funny because I'm a writer, you know, I mean, I've mm-hmm. written a book and, and, and write on the blog, but but in all honesty, like when pa- when patients will email me, I'm like, oh my gosh, can we just talk on the phone, please? <laughs> it's like so much more difficult <laughs> yes. for you to write it down. <laughs> so yes, I can appreciate that. What were the major things you were seeing that people had either misconceptions about or that they needed more education about? Like, what were the what were the most exciting things that you felt like you could share with people with Chronicles of Nanya? Yeah. So one of the biggest things that has been a little bit surprising to me that keeps coming up over and over and over is this idea of parenting or raising children in a way that is is better than how we were raised. Mm-hmm. Not to say that how we were raised was incredibly bad or abusive or anything like that. I I know that I was raised in a really, really wonderful way, but but to build on that instead of just repeating patterns. So to look for what is serving you and what is not serving you and to make peace with letting go of patterns and habits that are not serving you in childcare. And I I really felt like there was a lot of pride with a lot of educators and caregivers of like, this is how I do it. And encouraging everyone to be open <laughs> to there might be a better way. And that has been the biggest thing is just getting a bunch of different people who are doing it differently than how you are doing it and not judge that, rather looking for what would serve you from that and then accepting that and letting go of things that do not serve you, whether it's coming from you or from the expert saying, "Hmm, I don't know that that part would work for me, but this part would. Oh, that's so good. It's like you like are the modern mommy doc, like... (laughs) You know, uh, protege or whatever. I mean, actually, so I was just listening to a neurobiologist talk about how it's only been really like 30 or 40 years that we've even had a really full understanding of how the brain works and and our connections that we have, our synapses that happen inside the brain and, and generationally, like how we train our brains and, and how things are affected like from one generation down to the next generation. And so yeah. sometimes when I talk to older folks, like to grandparents, I'll see their bodies kind of stiffen when I talk about how we're just now really understanding like what quote unquote like good parenting is or like, you know, good like childcare is of course, right? They feel like offended. And I don't mean it like people didn't do a good job loving their kids or like or wanting the best for their kids. It's just that our level of understanding at a scientific level is like so much deeper than it was previously. And so I think you're right. We we have to all be constantly thinking about like what else can we learn? Where else can we deepen our understanding? Right? Right. Yes. Very true. So, so what has been, cause we're, let's just get like right into it. What's been the hard, what's been the hardest thing about being a nanny for you? Like either on a day-to-day basis or in general terms, what do you think has been the hardest? And not even for you, just like for nannies in general, what do you think is like the hardest thing 
about being yeah, a nanny? I mean, for sure, the fact that you have to let them go, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and I, I think that that's true of parenting too, but the fact that they outgrow you <laughs> over yeah. and over and over, which is, which is also wonderful, right? Like I check in with my kids who have outgrown me who are in school and I do like date nights and just to see like these little things that were seedlings of interest become full on like interest or they're, you know, in science club or robots club or, or things like that is so fun. But to go from that day to day to like once a month, I might see them is, is really, really hard because they're so important. I mean, you spend <laughs> more waking hours with them than you do with your friends or significant other often. So that, that's really hard, but, but also beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my nanny literally was part of our family. I mean, for, for the five years that we worked with her, she was an additional parent to my kids. And yet it was like an interesting relationship when everything kind of shifted for, you know, for elementary school and for kindergarten and all that, like, because you still, we still connect with her. We still know her. We still love her so much. But of course, unlike a parent where it's like this 18 year letting go, (laughs) (laughs) it was a much quicker letting go process. That was hard for all of us. I did not expect that I would kind of like grieve the end of our relationship or, you know, the the change, the transition, our relationship like that. It, It really, it really was different. I also, I considered our nanny, like, I mean, she was definitely an expert in child development in some ways. I mean, and discipline and like child coaching. And I know my husband for sure, who is not a pediatric expert, you know, (laughs) consider her that way. Do you think most nannies think about themselves that way? Like they're experts at child development. And if they do, like, what do you think if someone's looking for a nanny, what's the best thing for them to look at to say like, do they have to have a certain level of education or is it the experience that matters most? I think either can matter. So I I don't know that one, if they are continuing to go to conferences or like international nanny training day or, or just classes in general, if they are, if they are always trying to find out more information, then I think that they are a great nanny to hire. I think that the majority of professional nannies consider themselves experts and are constantly trying. I mean, everyone that I've ever spoken to is trying to better themselves to provide the best and most like cutting edge. Yeah. Yeah. Childcare that they can integrated with their own philosophy. So it's not like they're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. They're, They're constantly working to mold their nanny philosophy. I think another way is also to ask, what is your nanny philosophy? What is your childcare philosophy? If they have to think about it, that's okay. But most nannies that I talk to have that figured out. And it it might change slightly, but they they have a, a goal and a direction that they want to go in. And I think that's a really good sign that you've got a professional nanny who who thinks about this in her off time or their yeah. off time. Yeah, no, because I was going to say like, what are the right questions for someone to ask when they're interviewing someone? Because it's really hard to know like when you just first meet someone, right? And of course, like someone right. could just like blow smoke. Maybe they could just like talk about their philosophies. But like, like, do you think it requires 
like a trial period? Do you think you can figure out from an interview? What are the types of things you could ask someone to kind of figure out, okay, are you going to be legit or not so much? (laughs) Yes. So I think number one question is, what are you doing to continue your education? Something along those lines. Because there are so many opportunities for nannies to continue their nanny education. I am more familiar with the East Coast because Chicago is like slightly (laughs) closer to the East Mm -hmm. Coast, but I know that there's also a ton on the West Coast and there's some in the Midwest, but we usually try. (laughs) <laughs> because we're in the middle. So like Nanny Palooza or the International Nanny Training Association or the International Nanny Association, there's also nationwide, actually internationally, the National Nanny Training Day, which happens in April every year. And that is an opportunity for each community to serves their area. So we all do it on the same day, but each one looks different to best serve that area. So like on the West Coast, it might be, or in California, it might be more like rye focused, whereas the East Coast might be more like neurobiology and things like that. So, or anything, you know, like you you figure out what serves your community. But I think the desire to continue to learn is really, really important figuring out if your nanny is a good fit. But I also agree a trial period is crucial. I think you should always have a trial period. I think that helps everyone feel more secure because it's like, if this isn't working, then we can all part and it's okay. Yeah, totally. I mean, the other thing I found, I talked to a lot of references for my nanny mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what their experience was like. And I kind of listened, you know, I, I, I didn't ask a lot of pointed questions. I basically just said like, hey, tell me about her mm-hmm. <laughs> and waited for them to like fill in the gaps. And the types of things they said, I just listened really closely. Like they said a lot of like, this person became a part of our family or she's the type of person that I would trust with anything. Or she's the type of person that I would ask her what her idea was for XYZ happening with my kid, even after she wasn't our nanny anymore. Right? Like Mm -hmm. stuff like that, that kind of spoke to that level of confidence that they had in her. And then the other thing I was going to say is I talked a ton about child development stuff with my nanny because I'm a pediatrician. And Mm -hmm. I would just always be like so impressed with She'd be like, oh yeah, I read that book. Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. I, I listened to that podcast episode. Totally. You know I mean? Like she's just in it. You could tell she's invested. Right. And I think that's the other thing that you're speaking to. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like it would be great if someone went into classes, but even more than that, just that you can tell that they actually take this really seriously, invest in their own way in learning. Right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. For working moms who are looking for nannies. I feel like this is such a point of stress. So I want to make sure that we address it. Tell me about timing. Like if you are looking for a nanny, a new position, how far in advance are you looking for one? Tell me what should the timing be for someone if they're looking for a nanny in an ideal world? Yeah. I think a lot of times it comes in seasons. So if if you are looking for a nanny around the start of school time, then I think the beginning of the summer. So Mm -hmm. I I think about a season before you want a nanny. So about three or four months 
is a good time to start looking. Given there are times that, you know, shorter is is better. But I think most times professional nannies have an idea that they are going to be moving on. Most families won't just be like, all right, bye. And most of the time it's written into their contracts that they have at least a month's notice with most families giving them more than a month's notice because they are part of the family. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, yes, three months or so is probably ideal. I would not go any closer than a month (laughs) ahead of time. If you want, if you want to find a professional nanny. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, this is different. Childcare centers are a whole other ball of wax, right? We'll talk about that on another podcast or like you have to get on the waiting list. So whatever. But I'm assuming like if you have a relationship that you already have with a family, that family, like you said, like they're giving you some advance notice and you are looking at this like a long-term relationship, not like oh, well, I'll just like see how it goes. Like (laughs) that the majority of the time you're hoping that this will be like a long-term thing where like you said, you follow them and like you have date nights when they're older and they're in school and all this good stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that also picking off nannies or like stealing nannies, I don't, I don't know about other communities, but sometimes that happens in Chicago. And I really struggle with that. I think that, you know, every nanny and family can make their own choices. And if you're underpaying your nanny, you're opening yourself up for that. But I don't love it. (laughs) Um, And so, and I wouldn't do it. I, I try to find families that are able to pay me that I can live a comfortable life that I, that I want to live. So, but that is something that happens. And I think that if you're looking ahead of time, that helps you not have to do that. That is maybe like more morally questionable. So I think having it organized and starting your search way ahead of time helps with that. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to promote people being fake at all, but when they're looking for a nanny, what are some things they can do to kind of put themselves in a positive light or just put their best foot forward? I mean, I'm thinking about this like an interview for any other job or position, right? Like when you go to like do your interview at Google or whatever, like you, it's, <laughs> you're not going to show up in like your sweatpants and like your messy bun, right? You know I mean, and so like what can families do when they're looking for a nanny to say like, yeah, I'm curious or I care. I think that being really upfront with benefits that you are willing to offer. So that that paid time off and sick days. And a lot of times families can provide all of or pay half of health insurance. And you get to do, families get to do that tax-free. So that money is not taxed. So that's a really nice way to take care of your nanny in a way that you don't have to pay taxes on. And I think that offering those things lets the nanny know that you take them seriously and that you are, are thinking about them in their lives too, that they won't just be there to, to serve you, that you also care about them, that, that it's going to be a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then how about when you're in a relationship with a nanny? Like, what are the things that you're like, please don't do this? Honestly, you're just like asking. <laughs> you're asking for this person to leave you. <laughs> yeah, I think I have heard again and again, micromanaging. The nanny is there because they care and because they, you know, all that stuff we just talked about is that they're thinking about this all the time. And when families micromanage, 
it can often read as you don't trust the nanny. And if you don't trust someone to take care of your kids, then that might not be a working relationship. So I would say, I would say really trusting the nanny and then also communication, communication, communication. If, if something is bothering you, if you don't like, I reference Tina Fey wrote in her book, Bossy Pants, how she really didn't like how her nanny was cutting her child's fingernails, but she was really scared to talk to them about it. (laughs) (laughs) And so like things like that, don't let to eat you away. A lot of nannies, like we're not, our pride most of the time is not caught up in, in how we cut the child's fingernails. And if you would rather do that, if that's part of your bonding with your child, then we don't want to take that away from you. So really communicating what you want and need without micromanaging. So communicating with respect and saying, you know, I really love the time that I get to spend cutting Sally's fingernails. Would you mind if I did that? Or not even would you mind? I, I'm going to I'm going to do that. So so don't worry about that. That doesn't have to be on your plate, something like that. Yeah, totally. I mean I think like any employer employee relationship, right? Like any of us who are bosses, like if you sit there and micromanage your person at the office, like they would just up and quit. Like, I'm sorry. Like no one likes that. (laughs) And a professional nanny, I feel like, I mean, they do consider themselves like they are a legit, of course, like employee in your personal family business. And so it does make sense to have clear expectations and to provide the compensation that people need and also to respect people's hours and their personal time. You know, I remember starting out with our nanny and like, I would be texting her about something like on her like off hours. And I mean, of course you can always communicate with people when they're not at your home, but like in the beginning, kind of expecting like, hello, are you going to answer me back or (laughs) like, what's going on? You know? And then the next time I I saw her, she's like, you know, Winnie, when I'm not working with you, I'm usually like just doing other stuff. Well, she's so gentle and kind to say that, like, (laughs) like a wink, wink, hit, hit, like, stop it. You're bugging me so much. (laughs) And so I, I mean, I think that's one of the other things too, just like respecting the boundaries, right. Of Yes, yes, this person is a family member. By the end of the day, they do have their own lives and their own things that they have that they're trying to take care of. And they're not, for lack of a better word, like your servant, you know? Right, right. And that time to recharge is so important. You know, when there are times that I'm working, you know, 40 to 50 hours a week between the different things that I do. And so my off time, I, I do like that. Although... I will say for me personally, I don't know if this is true for all nannies, though I I do, the nannies that I've talked to, this is true. Texting information about the next day without requiring a response, I really appreciate that. So if there's going to be something like if a person's coming to fix the AC the next day or something like that, because I'm often planning in my brain about what we're going to do the next day. And so information like that without needing a response back. Yes. Yes. Is, yes. Is important to me. For sure. Yeah. No. And especially I think for parents, if you can caveat this, like, hey, FYI, yeah, we can talk about it tomorrow. And then the next day when they come, you could be like, hey, did you get my text? You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. As opposed right. to like, exactly. Did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? <laughs> yeah, totally. Hi, mama. Guess what? Our book, The New Baby Blueprint is out in the world. We're so excited because we know it's going to help change the new motherhood experience. The bump said, they say motherhood doesn't come with a manual, but the new baby blueprint comes pretty close. You can find it wherever books are sold 
or check it out at modernmommydoc.com forward slash book. So how about when people are deciding between daycare, childcare centers, and nannies? Like from your perspective, what's the benefit of a nanny? When are the times when it's like the best to have a nanny versus childcare in a daycare center? And I don't need you to speak like globally to the whole world because I think that there are a lot of moms who are listening to this who have very different, you know, we all have different circumstances and different needs and there's financial needs and there's, you know, logistic needs and all that stuff. But in your perspective, like in what situations do you feel like, man, I've really seen this kid has benefited from being one-on-one with me versus being in more of a childcare setting? Yeah, I think one of the major things is if your job has wonky hours, Mm -hmm. a nanny probably is going to be a better fit than a daycare because like for my families right now, one of them is a physician's assistant. So she, you know, works 12 hour shifts, which is going to be hard <laughs> to find a uh, daycare that can offer you that not impossible, but harder. Mm-hmm. And the other is a family therapist and hers, her hours are a little bit all over the place as well. And so, and she really wants to be with her child when, when she's not working, understandably. And so it works really well for her to have a nanny so that she can be like, okay, like, you know, today's just 11 to four, things like that. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think scheduling wise, also a nanny will most likely come when your child is sick. Work that out with your nanny. There's certainly nannies that have autoimmune disorder. Or if you have a nanny that works with the other families, that's a different story as well. But if you have your own nanny, they almost always will come when your child is sick. So you can still go to work, which is not the case with daycares. If your child is sick, you have to stay home. Yeah. And that being said, also, I, if your child is compromised in some way, their immune system is compromised in some way, a nanny might be a better option because they, you know, daycares, everyone's bringing in their germs, which is a good thing <laughs> for a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah. Certainly kids that, that that's not the best choice. So I also think that if your child needs more one-on-one attention, if they have learning disabilities or, or things like that, that a nanny can give them more care, that I think is, is wonderful. That's a way that a nanny can really be beneficial. I also just love the relationships that a nanny builds that I I don't necessarily see happening at daycares as much. So that like I go to plays that my kids perform in and, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that, that, that family like piece of having like an aunt or a older sister, if they're, if it's a younger nanny, that doesn't necessarily happen. Certainly there are some daycare teachers that really go out of their way, but a lot of times, you know, they, they couldn't possibly track yeah. all of yeah, their yeah. kids. It's less about like the, how much attention and love is someone giving you when you're like with them, more just those extracurricular, like, like how in the world would a daycare teacher go to see like 80 billion like performances at a, right. you know, at a theater. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And I was going to say, I mean, 
I think it also depends on the temperament of your kiddo. Like my first daughter, super anxious from the get-go, really like homebody, love just being like curled up in somebody's lap all day long reading a book. And I knew pretty early on like that a nanny was going to fit better for us for a number of reasons, mostly including the time thing that you were talking about. So the like schedule flexibility and being able to decide like, okay, these are what the hours are going to be or even, and this is another thing I'm sure that irks nannies, but like, you know, if I'm going to be late, okay, if it's like two or three minutes, I'm not going to get an extra charge, you know, but but I'm going to call if it's going to be like a lot of extra time and I'm not going to make it constantly that I'm always late, you know, but just that there's a little bit more flexibility, you know, in that timing. But for her, I knew temperament wise that having a nanny really would give her kind of that one-on-one connection that she needed early on. And then my second daughter is like, hey world, like, you know, out there like on a motorcycle (laughs) with her like, you know, leather jacket at the age of like three years old. And she would have probably been just fine in the daycare setting because she just was ready to go explore the world in a larger group setting, just like from the moment she came at me. So I think that's that's a part of it too. Right. But even for, for your second daughter, a nanny can provide more exploration and pl- than a daycare necessarily yeah. could because a yeah. daycare can't possibly keep close and like spot 30 children. Whereas a nanny, you know, a lot of what I do is instead of just saying, be careful, I say, okay, notice these rocks. What do you think is going to happen when you step up on these rocks? And then I'm there, but they can explore, you know, in a in for <laughs> way they can, they can take those risks that they need to, to take. Whereas at a daycare, a lot of times it's like, nope, can't climb on that. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's more time to have the patience maybe to, to explore with, with the child. And I will say this too. I mean, like I said, like I have all these discussions with my nanny about philosophical things about children, but I really did in watching the way she actually spoke with my kids. I mean, cause I'm thinking exactly about this whole like rock climbing situation. Right. And like, <laughs> I'm like, thinking back, like that, like I learned how to be patient, but not in just like blanket statement, like be patient way from her more in like, what's the way that you actually help this child learn from this experience or get something out of it as opposed to have this really quick, like reaction to what they're doing. Like I learned how to respond Mm -hmm. better to my Mm -hmm. kids versus react to them with my nanny's help because she gave me like the words or like the construct that she used over and over again. Yes. Really quickly, can I go back to the hours just yeah, for a second yes. to offer? So if you are someone with a schedule that is in flux a lot, if you're a family that has needs of kind of an ever-changing schedule, I just wanted to throw it out there that guaranteed hours are a really good way to help with that. So So guaranteed hours are every week we will pay you for 30 hours, whether or not we use you. Now, I will say the nanny needs to be available for 30 hours. So if you have a child-related task that's not actual childcare, but like if you're like, it would really help me if you would switch out the summer and winter clothes during some of that time that I don't necessarily need you for childcare, but, but I do 
need you here. Things like that work well. But I just wanted to throw that out there because I do hear that problem a lot from parents of like, our schedule is so all over the place. I don't know how to have a nanny in a way that's fair to the nanny. So guaranteed hours are, are a really good way because then they can count on a paycheck, a certain size paycheck every week. And then if you need them more than that for some weeks, then great. <laughs> but, but saying, you know, I'm consistently going to need you about 30 hours. No, that's so good. Yeah, that's really helpful because I do think sometimes that happens. You're like, well, I'm in flux or I'm on maybe my own maternity leave and I still like need to pay you to kind of retain you here, but I'm not sure what to do with you. Right. Yeah, I had to get over that a little bit because with my second kiddo, you know, we were still paying for my nanny to be there. And I was like, well, shoot, I feel kind of bad leaving, but at the same time, because I'm not working, you know, like, right. but at the same time, like, Hey man, I, I, let's use the, let's use the hours. Let's do it. So yeah. 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 So we spent some of the time with her helping me like organize things in the nursery or even help me go shopping for some things that I needed for my, for my child, you know, even online shopping stuff. Like she would like head to the grocery store. And then of course, the other thing I did was write the new baby blueprint (laughs) during that time. (laughs) You know, like I just had to like force myself like, okay, it's no, this person I'm, I'm expecting them to be here. And so let's use it to our full advantage. So yeah, no, I think that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you're, if you're a new mom, like use that time, like go take a nap. <laughs> yes, totally. Good. I totally, which gets to, cause people don't take naps cause they feel guilty a lot of times. I'm sure you and your colleagues see working moms with a lot of guilt as they leave their babies or mm-hmm. kids for the first time. Can you speak to that experience from the other side, from the nanny side, what that's like? Yes. It's hard because both, you know, the child and the parent want to be together. (laughs) And so I have an episode of my podcast that talks about the magic box that's really been helpful for me for children that have some separation anxiety in particular, but even just kids that aren't super psyched about having another person (laughs) come in and take care of them. But I would say for nannies, you know, just as much care as you can give both the parent and care and empathy that you can give the parent of like, I I really know this is hard and I, I want you to know, you know, I'm going to take the best care of your child that I possibly can. And I will say also to the parents, it really helps us if you have a routine and you get out even if the mm-hmm. child is crying, which I know is really, really, really hard. But I've, I've seen parents that draw a heart on their child's hand and they say, you know, this is, this is a kiss for you whenever you need it, look at it. And then they go. Or they, I've seen families that have like a picture of their whole family that is the child. So if it gets torn or ripped or anything, it's not, you know, like an heirloom. <laughs> but that they put away when they're home and then they bring out when they're about to leave. That's another really good option. But building that routine and around leaving, especially if you know it's hard for you and or your child, and then sticking to it. So really making sure your bag is packed up before you go, things like that are, are super helpful for you, for your nanny, and for your child. Because that lingering, is, it makes it harder. 
Yeah, totally. Sorry, mama. You got to go cry in the car. You can't cry. You can't cry in the living room. I've done it both ways and it does not work well with the the crying in the living room. And yeah, you're right. Like it is all about the speedy exit. And I think like an experienced nanny also like knows like well how to swoop your kid up and distract them once you leave. So it, mm-hmm. So you do not need to worry that now your child is going to be just like this like hot screaming mess the whole time after you're gone. If you have someone who's experienced, who's going to be able to kind of usher them into the new experience of what it's like once you walk away, once you go get into your car. I will say for any nannies listening, offering to let the child lock the door because pretty young, a child can help you lock the door or saying like, let's watch out the window or things like that are really helpful. And then also send that mama a text pretty soon. Like once the child has calmed down, send them a text, a picture saying, you know, we're we're all good here. Yeah. No, that helps Uh, so much. I find that really, really helpful. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It was hard, but we did it. We got through it. Yeah. (laughs) They're playing with blocks now. Yes, I agree. And I think moms, you know, in the first couple weeks that maybe you're leaving your child for the first time, you can ask for more communication throughout the day. Just like send me some pictures, you know, or send me some texts. If seeing a picture of your child is like too hard. I know that having pictures of my kiddo, like while I was like trying to do like pumping and stuff really helped anyway. So that was like a good, yeah. So that was a good thing to have like extra little bits. And then also just to feel like you're still connected to what's going on at home, especially if it's a nanny that's new to you. I feel like that's that's important. And I will say it helps to have the parents say that because there are families that are like, we really don't want any technology. So to have your phone out to take the picture with some families is not great. Um, And then some families do want those pictures and stuff. So so the more the family can be communicative about how many texts or or things like that. And there's also families that like they literally can't look at texts at their office. So they're like, don't send them to me. I can't do anything with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think the last thing I want to make sure that we say before we sign off here is about setting up for yourself in terms of just technology and like conversations. That is something I think is like really important to set up at the very, very beginning if you end up having a nanny with them about like what level of communication you want. So because Mm -hmm. I am a doctor, I like, if I get a text from my nanny, I'm, I'm like, what's wrong? Like, is the fire burning? Is the house burning down? Like what, what's happening? And so I, I told her like from the very beginning, Hey, I totally want, like, if you have like a sweet thing you guys did and you want to send a picture with a heart, that's cool. But if I get like 10 messages in a day, it will stress me out because I'll think there's something wrong that mm-hmm. I need to attend to. So if there's something you really, really need to get a hold of me about, you can send me a text. If that doesn't work, here's the phone number that you need to call. If that doesn't work, here's the backup phone number that you need to call. Like we had a very, very clear line of like, here's how you escalate things if it's not going well at home or if you need actual advice. So just having a level of expectation about like, what are the things you want to be communicated with, you know, about, and then also like, how do you escalate it if it feels like that person's having a hard time reaching you? So it works for your, for your work. So important because yeah, sometimes like, let's say a cell phone dies on, you know, either end or, you know, I've been out, I went to a farm with kids one time and there wasn't great cell reception 
direction. And so like yeah. driving <laughs> home, I was like charging my phone desperately. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think having those those like backup plans is is really important. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Martha, thank you so, so much for being on the show, providing listeners, mamas with such valuable information. I think it'll really set people at ease as they're trying to find someone to care for their kids and to love on them. And we appreciate you being here. Can you tell us where people can find you? Yes. Any, anywhere that you get a podcast, Chronicles of Nania should be there. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> and it's Nania is N-A-N-N-Y-A. Or you can go to www.chroniclesofnania.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was great to be here. Hey, hey, hey. If you loved this episode, make sure to subscribe to the Modern Mommy Doc podcast so you're automatically notified every time we have powerful information, inspiration, and amazing guests to share with you. We would also be so honored if you shared the Modern Mommy Doc podcast with your friends by snapping a screenshot of this episode and posting it with hashtag Modern Mommy Doc so we can spread the word and help more mamas win at parenting without losing themselves. Thanks for being part of our community.